and welcome to episode 56 of the iPhone Life podcast. I'm Donna Cleveland, editor-in-chief of iPhone Life magazine. I'm Sarah Kingsbury, senior web editor of iPhoneLife.com. And I'm David Auerbach, CEO and publisher of iPhone Life. Each week we bring to you the best apps, top tips, and great gear in the iOS world. And today we want to talk to you guys about activity sharing and how contagious working out <laughs> is when you're sharing that with your friends and peers. So uh, before we get started, though, we want to tell you about our sponsor for this episode, Tablift. And Sarah and David have both personally tried out the Tablift, so they're going to tell you all about it. And they're pretty obsessed with it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's kind of amazing. It looks, it's a little creepy because it looks like a spider, like a four-legged mm -hmm. spider. And that's not very like comforting <laughs> when you're like in bed. But the amazing thing is, you know, when you're watching a movie in bed or reading a book in bed, you sometimes lie in strange positions and it can be hard to get your tablet to be at just the right angle. Yeah. But you can customize the angle of your tablet so precisely with this because you can adjust the legs and it's great. I loved it. Yeah. To me, I pretty much always use my iPad in bed. Like I'm, I'll check my email in the morning and check Facebook before bed. And we talked about it before. But to me, the difference, like I'll use my computer for when I'm at work and I'll use my iPad for leisure time for kind of consuming content, reading news, doing things like that. And what I found is that most iPad stands, before I started using Tablet, I used a Folio case, and the stand would kind of angle the iPad screen back this way. Uh, sorry guys, this is the point in the podcast where I have to pause <laughs> and say, we are video recording this podcast and you can watch the stream at iphonelife.com slash podcast. If you're listening, then what I'm saying is that the screen is angled uh, away, from, away you? from me. Exactly. And really yeah. what you want is you want the screen angled towards you and it's a really difficult angle to get with a case. So Tablift, like you're saying, is perfect for people who use their iPad in bed. It angles it just the right angle and it angles it so that you can use its hands free. So you can use both your hands, which is really nice for when you're typing or um, yeah, just having both hands to use your iPad because there's so many gestures you can use. Yeah, and the Tablift is $39.95, so it's a good reasonable price. Really reasonable, yeah. And it's and it's incredibly easy to set up. I mean, you just unfold it and then use it, which is sometimes some gear not is the not case. so yeah. easy. Yeah. And it was actually the thing, so we've gotten hands-on uh, trial of this, and the thing that surprised me when I got it was it's so it's much sturdier than I expected and that it, than you can necessarily tell from the photos. It's pretty sturdy, and it, it it's easy to kind of get it level, even though on beds it's like you got sheets in the way and things like that, so... So it's the perfect little setup for, it, it almost looks like a breakfast in bed it tray, does. like over you, and then you, yeah. <laughs> so it's pretty awesome. So we don't get the breakfast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Next, we want to share with you our tip of the week, and that's how to unlock notes on your iPhone. So if you don't, if you're not familiar already, our tip of the day newsletter is our, one of our most popular products, and it's completely free. You sign up at iphonelife.com slash daily tips and we'll email you one tip that you can learn in a minute each day of something cool you can do with one of your iOS devices. So um, this week we're talking about how to unlock notes. So I don't, in case you weren't aware, uh, with iOS 10 you can now lock notes on your iPhone. We've gone through how to do that and we'll, we'll include a link on how to do that in the show notes at iphonelife.com slash podcast. 
But one thing I'd been noticing recently is that I wasn't sure how to unlock them because I decided that a note that I had locked before actually wasn't private and I didn't need a lock on it. So it's not that obvious, but all you do is once you've opened that note, hit the share icon and there'll be an option there to unlock note or remove lock from the note. And so it's kind of a, one of those weird counterintuitive type things. Yeah, and it's one of those things where you're kind of like, well, why would I bother to unlock it? Who cares? But actually locking it, like when you have a note that's locked, to access it is a little bit of a hassle, which is mm -hmm. okay if it's really personal, but if it's something that you're accessing this note all the time, if it's something that you like, let's say you have a shopping list or something like that, it, it makes a difference. So it is worth taking the time to unlock uh, remove the lock from a note if you don't care about having it locked. Mm -hmm. But it's on your shopping list that you would need to lock it, David. You don't. This is what I'm saying. Yeah, that you know, maybe you got excited about the fact that you could lock notes, and so you locked too many notes that you didn't yeah. need to lock. That's basically what it's happened what to I'm me. what I'm saying. <laughs> so go to iphonelife.com slash daily tips to sign up for our daily tips newsletter, and we'll send you awesome tips like that every day to your inbox. Also, if there were private things on my shopping list, I would not be telling you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> All right, so for our premium subscription, we have our uh, iPhone Life Insider subscription. And that, um, that gets you access to video versions of our daily tips, as well as in-depth guides, which teach you like when we release a new iOS, when Apple releases a new iOS, we teach you all the features of that. We have an iPad guide, Apple TV guide that came out recently, tons of other guides. So uh, you can go to iphonelife.com slash daily tips. I mean, sorry, iphonelife.com slash insider to sign up for that, as well as get a digital archive of our magazine and ask an editor, which is what I'm getting to, which is uh, a feature that lets you ask for tech help from Sarah. Before we get into our, we always, of course, read our Ask an Editor, read at least one Ask an Editor question on air. But before we do, I just want to do a plug for our Apple TV guide. Donna made mm -hmm. it, and it's amazing. If you, if anybody has an Apple TV, you have to subscribe to get this. And honestly, we have a free 30-day trial. So if you go subscribe and decide you hate it, cancel it, and you got to get this guide for free. Uh, but I'd find Apple TV to be in some ways intuitive to do the basics, but there's so many tips and tricks that I didn't know about when I watched the guide. So it's yeah. a really awesome guide. If you're an insider, make sure you go check it out. If you're not, make sure you go subscribe, iphonelife.com slash insider. All right, go ahead, Sarah. All right, so here's a question from an insider who, uh, they wanna know how to make the home screen with the time stay up indefinitely without showing any apps and, um, even, you know, once the phone is unlocked. And I think what he's really referring to is he wants the lock screen mm -hmm. uh, without any widgets, but that's just not possible. Um, but what you can do, um, because even if you remove the widgets, the time, you know, it'll just go back to sleep after a little while. But what you can do is you can have your first home screen be blank and you can make it so when your phone's unlocked, it doesn't automatically lock again until you lock it. So the first step to that would be to go into settings and uh, display and brightness and auto lock and then choose never. Mm -hmm. And But then you've gotta be really careful about not leaving your phone unattended or forgetting to lock it. Um, and then the second step would be to move all of your apps off of your home screen or the first home screen onto the second or third or whatever. And the way to do that is you just put your finger 
you want to be careful not to activate 3D Touch. So you're basically like just touching and holding it until the apps start jiggling. And then you can drag them over one by one until they're all on a different page. And then your first home screen will always be blank. Wow. <laughs> Okay, a, a couple thoughts here. <laughs> First of all, it's very useful to understand how to adjust your auto lock time because a lot of people have problems with this in either direction where they'll set their auto lock time, they'll accidentally set it to be on never, which means it'll never auto lock, which has a couple problems. Like, like Sarah's saying, if you leave your phone unattended, it'll somebody can actually access your phone. But second of all, it drains your battery really quickly. Third of all, you can be really prone to kind of... a uh, dialing when it's in your pocket, things like that. So that's really useful to, to understand. But why would you move all of your apps off of your home screen? I can't <laughs> think of a good reason to do that. Oh, that's pretty. I have a picture of my daughter on my home screen, and I wanted to have one of the home screens show the picture without any apps over her. So And it does, the, a point that she's showing me is it also, the apps in the dock are still available, so you can access your most used apps. Right. And so that is it's nice. It's just one I'll swipe over. I'll take it back. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. kind of cool. And, and also, <laughs> can I just confess, uh -huh. I also have my auto lock set on never. Really? Yeah. I also like, <laughs> um, I mean, this kind of supports the iPhone addiction experiment. If you don't want to have all of your, like uh, Tristan Harris, we had an episode where we went over recommendations from Tristan Harris on what to do and in that episode you're not supposed to have apps that you're addicted to on your first home screen mm -hmm. so this way you're avoiding that altogether okay. choosing which ones are addictive and not just by not having any there and you can always easily just swipe down for spotlight search and like type in the first two letters of the app and then it's right there and there's something very zen about it I yeah. agree Sarah are you willing to share that screenshot so the people can see how cool it looks <laughs> I meant in the article, but if you're watching it, you can see she's holding it up right now. <laughs> yes, I will. I'll take a screenshot right now and share it. Okay. Yes. So iPhoneLife.com/podcast. I actually also have my auto lock set to never. Really? And it's because I use recipes on my phone all the time. Yeah. And some some of my recipe apps have like a specific setting just for that app that will not auto lock your phone, mm -hmm. which is awesome. That is but nice. not all of them do. Yeah. And so that just helps me avoid that problem at all. Yeah, because then you have to wash your hands each time. You have to un like wake the phone up again, and it locks between every step in the recipe. Yeah, and if your fingers are all wet, Touch ID doesn't work, and so... It is annoying. Yeah. I agree. And as long as you just make sure you lock your phone each time, then you're fine. Yeah, and I because I also have really good battery life with the iPhone 7 Plus, I'm not as worried about draining yeah. battery using I that. really don't have a problem with battery okay. life with my phone. Yeah. I just, I, ha I have a friend who uh, didn't, had it set on never, and somehow, or didn't know that the power button was on the right side. Like, it's like she used, she knew how to use her phone pretty well, but just didn't know that one thing. Just huh. missed, like, the basics. And so she, <laughs> like, I had to, like, took me so long to debug why she kept pocket dialing people. <laughs> and finally, I figured out it's because she just never turned her phone off before putting it in her pocket. <laughs> That's amazing. I should, I should check my dad's iPhone settings now that you bring yeah. that up. Yeah. All the people you're getting pocket dials from yeah. all the time. Well, <laughs> just uh, my dad. My last name starts with an A, and so often oh. I'm the first people, first person in their phones. I get everybody's pocket dials. So it's annoying. <laughs> Life's hard for David. Life's hard. <laughs> for David. So let's get into our Apple complaints and learning for the week. I thought I didn't have one, but I actually thought of one. Oh, so good. I'm going to tell you guys Go about ahead. it first. And that's how to set emergency bypass on your device. 
Um, recently, I keep my phone on silent basically all the time because I don't like to be interrupted at work. And in general, I just don't like the sound of my phone ringing. Um, but I do miss important calls sometimes. And so I've been trying to be better about that. And to that end, I've set uh, emergency bypass for a few specific contacts. And so if you just go to that contact card, you'll have the, the option to set that up either for phone calls or text messages or both. And that way you'll hear those notifications, even if you have your phone on silent. Mm. And so this has been great. I've just done that for like my favorites in my mm -hmm. phone app and it's helped me not miss as many calls. Yeah, I just wrote a, an article about this. Really? Do you use it too? Um, I didn't even know until someone asked me like that that was an option. Like, oh, I is this like an new. insider thing that you learned? Yeah. <laughs> I actually have it set up so when I have do not disturb on, phone calls still come through. I get so few phone calls that it's actually never really been a problem. Every <laughs> once in a while, but it's like if somebody's calling me, they're usually like actually something pretty urgent. Really? Do your parents text you? Because I cannot get my parents to text me. Uh, my parents so... have finally mastered texting. Well, my mom knows emojis now, so I wow. get all the emojis, yeah. And well, gifts, yeah. yeah. She's to impressive. be fair, my dad is not physically capable of texting, yeah. so um, and Siri doesn't recognize his voice because he has a speech impediment mm -hmm. as well, so he has to call me. Okay. Um, so don't have do not disturb allow calls <laughs> oh i don't i do not but it's a really nice feature if you're someone like if you want a happy medium between being responsive with people that are important in your life but you also have an issue with being constantly connected to your phone mm -hmm. so i mm -hmm. think emergency bypass is pretty great that, that is way. really nice it is and uh you explained how to do that right and I just spaced out yeah. while I did it. <laughs> I did yeah. explain. But yeah, go to the but, contact card. It, you'll, it'll be a toggle option for messages and for phones. So you, if you want to do just one or the other, you can. Do we have a tip we can link to for this too? Uh, yeah, I wrote a whole column about it. Okay. So I will, I'll put that in there the you go. That podcast nice. article. iPhoneLife.com slash podcast. So this was really a learning for me this week. Do you guys have learnings or complaints? I have a complaint. All right, let's, let's so, hear it. So uh, iPhone Life magazine is located uh, less than 20 miles from the American Gothic house. This is true. And so I thought fact. this would be, <laughs> yeah, why don't we, how haven't we featured it on our cover? I don't know. Um, <laughs> but I thought it would be a fun, like, bike trip, like mm -hmm. a day trip. Ride the bike there, take the pictures, they provide costumes, go out for lunch and ride home. If you're ever in this neck of the woods, by the way, it's really cool because they have a museum there where you can actually put on the outfits and stand in front of the house and with take the pitchfork picture. and they'll take your picture and it's really fun. Yep, and uh, it's in Eldon, Iowa. So I was looking up the best route on my bike to get there and Apple Maps doesn't have bicycle directions. Oh. And so I had, I mean, I, it told me how to get there with ride sharing, which, you know, in a small town is not that useful. <laughs> so I had to go over to Google and get my bike yeah. directions from there. Well, did, did you end up doing it? I have not done it yet. Oh, it sounds like fun. When she does, Sarah's yeah. promised to post the picture for you guys, too. I know. I mean, Apple Maps. Yeah. <laughs> Apple Maps. I, I won't pretty... be alone in the picture, so we'll have to see if the other person agrees to that. And that seems like a cop out. There are other it. people's privacy. <laughs> Considering who it is, I'm pretty sure that they'll be like, "Yeah." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. 
Yeah, Apple Maps is kind of behind the curve with this. I mean, they added transit directions way after Google Maps did, and now I wouldn't be surprised if in like two years we'll get bicycle directions. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's my my complaints are Apple Maps related too. Oh. Yeah, they're both okay. I have complaints and positive things to say. Okay. So I went to Chicago this weekend. In uh, Chicago is a really difficult city to navigate. Uh, they have downtown, I mean, any, any large city can be tricky, but especially Chicago downtown, they have like these bridges where you can drive under or over. And so sometimes you're an upper whacker or lower whacker and it's like just so I hard to navigate. This. And so first of all, I have my CarPlay unit that I've talked about. Mm-hmm. And this trip really convinced me how great CarPlay is. I was really? driving alone in downtown Chicago trying to coordinate when to meet up with people and having, I like, I just would have gone crazy if I didn't have Apple Maps or if I didn't have CarPlay because I had Apple Maps on the screen in front of me. I could see the map while I was driving. I could tap whenever a text came in. I saw it. I could tap it and listen to it while I still keep my eyes on the road. And then I could dictate a response while still having Apple Maps right in front of me. That's and sweet. I'm just sold. If you are somebody who drives a lot, especially in a big city, I really recommend either getting having your next car get CarPlay or getting an aftermarket unit like I have, which is a Pioneer unit. I've been really happy with it. It's like six or seven hundred dollars. Yeah, right? which I think is not we put cheap. Put a review of it that you wrote on yeah, our website. Yeah, so. we can link to it in the podcast. Right. It's not cheap, but it's uh, definitely worth it if you're in your car a lot. You know, the last time I was in Chicago. Um, I, you just, you know, like traffic start and stop. You can't take your eyes off the road for a second. Um, but there was an near almost really bad accident right in the lane next to me. And I turned my head like that for a second. And the person in front of me slammed on their brakes. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw in time to slam on my own brakes, but I still just slid and then just tapped her bumper. Oh, geez. Like there wasn't even a mark, like nobody's neck was hurt, but it was still like we had to pull off the road and be like, are you okay? Is your car okay? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And, right. You know, I was being really careful, but sometimes distracting things happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and yeah. minimizing those that cha- those chances are definitely Yeah, good. you got to keep your eyes on the road. Uh, one last thing in the, on the good side of this, uh, with 10.3, they've actually updated the CarPlay user interface, and now they have a dock on the left side where you can tap your most frequently used apps, and that was awesome because I could really quickly, like, switch to my podcast, change the podcast, go back to the map, switch to text message, and like without, it just made it so much easier to navigate. So huh. really happy with that. Now for my complaints about Apple Maps. <laughs> uh, two main complaints. One of them I find to be a complaint for both Google and Apple Maps, which is whenever you start navigating, they always do this navigate to the route. And I don't know about you guys, but I have the hardest time sometimes just finding where it is this route starts. Right, if you're in like a parking lot. Yeah. Yeah. And especially if you're walking, I find it's like sometimes it can be really hard to tell which direction you're supposed to start walking first to like, quote, get on the route. Have you ever been on a one-way street and they tell you to start driving the wrong way? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. What is up with that? <laughs> so it's, to me, this isn't an Apple Maps complaint, but a Google and Apple Maps complaint. But making it easier for people to start on the route it seems really necessary and important. Uh, my second complaint is Apple Maps related, which is Apple Maps was doing this really annoying thing where it would give me multiple routes. And some of the routes were like 10, 15 minutes 
difference in time because I was driving about 45 minutes and with traffic in Chicago, it can make a big difference. Well, if for some reason you take a wrong turn or do something slightly different than it's expecting you to do, rather than trying to correct you and get you back on the fastest route, it was automatically switching without me noticing to take me to the different route. And one time there were actually two different uh, stores of, with the same name and it automatically switched to take me to the different store. Wow. Fortunately, it, I was that fine. There was, it was a chain. It was, it was where I got you guys the donuts. I brought everybody donuts. Oh my gosh, they're so good. Buy your cakes amazing. donuts if you live yeah. in Chicago. I so there were two versions. The yeah, they're really good. Yeah. There's two versions. There's two store locations and it took me to a different location than I meant to and it didn't tell me I didn't notice. And in this case, it was fine, but it's really annoying to have yeah. to like, catch your own map system. That seems very strange. I didn't know that that yeah. was a thing. I'm trying to remember. I feel like one of the Maps apps does actually show you which direction your the top of your phone is facing, which helps you in your beginning. I think they both do show you, but I, I don't know about you guys, but I find it to be really inaccurate. Like, all of a sudden, the whole thing will spin in a circle, yeah. and I'm like, I didn't move. I'm just standing still. Look, what are you doing? I've had the same problem, and I've just assumed that, like, because I do not have a good sense of direction, that it was a me problem and not yeah. the apps that's sort of validating. It, I have, I'm not the well, I have a problem. terrible sense of direction, uh -oh. so we might just be in it together. <laughs> what about you, Sarah? I have a really good sense of direction. <laughs> but do you have the same problem? And you have this problem. Yeah. Yes. Okay, okay. good. So. I do, actually. The first time, um, <laughs> my boyfriend lives like over an hour away, and the first mm -hmm. time I drove to the town where he lives, uh, Google, well, it was Apple Maps, you know, I didn't take the route that they originally told me to get onto the main road because I have my own way. Mm -hmm. I've lived in this town for a long time. <laughs> and it switched from taking me through Atama to taking, to taking me through Eldon, home of the American Gothic house. <laughs> and then <laughs> through, <laughs> through all these like windy back roads. And it took me a little bit to realize like, oh, this is actually not the best way to be going because I'd never been there before. And I didn't really check the and route before. And it didn't before. tell you. It needs to tell yeah. you if it's rerouting you, especially if it's a route that's worse. Like it, it yeah. took me an extra 15 minutes to get into Chicago because it just took me a worse route without telling me. Yeah. Yeah. It's I definitely rare. added about 15 minutes. So this ties into, yeah, we were so going to get into our say. question of the yeah. week, but first we want to tell you or read to you some of our listeners' responses to last week, last episode's mm -hmm. ones. So in our last two episodes, we had some questions. Uh, one was whether or not you use Apple Maps or Google Maps and why. And the other one was whether or not you read on your, um, read like to read physical books or read on your Kindle app on your iPhone or Kindle device. So Yes, David. and just, and this might be obvious to you guys for regular listeners and watchers of the podcast, but we record two episodes at once usually. Mm -hmm. And so we'll ask two questions back to back and then we'll go over the answers two answers in the next podcast so just a little logistics thing all right so um let's see oh look at this apple maps doesn't have bicycle directions oh that was you telling us for this sorry <laughs> sorry guys i'm Sarah, getting caught up sarah's, <laughs> sarah's complaining Wait, to us yeah. before complaining to you guys apparently okay so this is from ray who lives in fairfield new jersey I continue to use google maps because i'm familiar with it but slowly i am transitioning to maps i like them both uh, this is from James. He says, I use Apple Maps. I started using it when I switched from Android to Apple. I like the way Apple Maps interacts with iPhone as opposed to the way Google does. I like the UI better, and Google Maps seems to be getting too cluttered in my opinion. Uh, between the spoken audio of the two versions, I also prefer Apple's more natural sounding voice. 
Apple Maps works well around San Antonio and Austin areas of Texas. Okay. So, I mean, I think he summed it up pretty well in my opinion, which is Google Maps has more features. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in my opinion, it's a little more reliable. But Apple Maps integrates with Apple better and is a little sh- bit yeah, simpler definitely. of a UI. And you can use Siri to initiate mm-hmm. directions. Um, I thought that was interesting that he said that Google Maps is a little cluttered at this point. I personally find the Google Maps interface to be a little confusing, but I just figured that's because I haven't used it a lot. No, it's um, confusing. It is. Apple Maps, it, they do keep it simple looking, yeah, which I like. And I think for a lot of people who aren't like really uh, that familiar or natural with tech, like it's easier to figure out Apple's apps. Uh-huh. Can I tell you though, this is another learning of the week, sorry, yeah. but I, I discovered this and it's really useful and it's only available in Google Maps. So you know how when you're driving on the highway and you want to find a restaurant or you want to find a gas station and you don't care that it's near where you're at, you just want it to be near your route. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this happened to me a couple times while we were on this road trip where we needed gas and it was like, well, the nearest one is like five miles away, but it was like five miles behind us. Yeah, you know, or you're trying to find a restaurant and you just want it to be like right next to the road. So what you can do in Google Maps is Google Maps, when you have your directions set up or when you're setting up your directions, lets you add stops Mm -hmm. and you can add gas station or restaurant as a quote unquote stop. And then it'll show you gas stations or restaurants, whichever you did along the route. And that to me was like a really useful feature that I didn't know. That's really I mean, Apple does let you... Detour. Detour, but yeah, I, I don't always find their suggestions like really useful. And and if you're driving, you don't really want to spend a lot of time like scrolling through them. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some of them will be like behind you on your route, which is strange. Um, okay, our next one is from Marianne, and she has a, she's answered both of our questions actually. All right. So this is cool. I find Apple Maps annoying and frustrating, so I avoid using it. But it's my fault because I don't know what I'm doing. It drops pins everywhere, and I don't know how to get rid of them. And I'm going to say that's not your fault, Marianne. Apple Maps does that, and it is annoying. Or <laughs> none of us know what we're doing. Either way, we're all in it together. Uh, second point, this was about the Kindle. I was an English major and have always loved books to read. I have a ton of books. I prefer real books. I have never been attracted to Kindle. Out of sight, out of mind. Having the book on a table encouraged me to pick it up. So that's similar to what you were saying, Sarah. Right. Our question, by the way, just as a reminder, was do you like Kindle or iPhone? But Sarah was saying she still uses real books a lot. So Kindle, iPhone, or... Real books? Yeah, I real was books. in the question. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I use cool, um, cool. both. Yeah, I do <laughs> find like certain magazines and books I don't think I will remember to read unless I have them out on the coffee table or by my bedside. Mm-hmm. So there is something to be said for that. The, there's something really nice. And having yeah. a library of books is yeah. really nice. I've been reading a lot more nonfiction, so I really like to have those in hard copy so I can share them because I'll mm-hmm. probably keep them and want to refer to them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, last user or listener email. This is from Steven, and he addressed it to Sarah, which I'm a little insulted about. Donna, what about you? Because but, clearly I'm the best reader. Okay, <laughs> go ahead, Sarah. You get to read this one <laughs> since it's to you. Dear Sarah, <laughs> I read on my iPhone 7. It took me a little time to get used to it, but I have to agree that it is so much easier to have a book to read with on the go. Thank you, Stephen. <laughs> yeah, it is. It, that is amazing to have a book with you all the time. I mean, that without having to have a book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, right. so let's transition to our question of the week. Yeah, so th- this one's going to tie into our main theme, 
which is activity sharing and how contagious activity sharing is. So we wanted to ask you if you are activity sharing in whatever form that may be, using your iPhone, Apple Watch, Fitbit, you know, there's different, Nike also has a good sharing community and what your experiences have been with that. So email us at podcasts at iphonelife.com to let us know what you think of activity sharing. So now we're going to get into our main theme, which is how contagious is activity sharing? <laughs> and the, this came about not only because the three of us are now sharing our activity and have been having a lot of fun with it, like more uh -huh. fun than I think any of us were expecting, <laughs> but also because there's been a recent study that came out based on 1.1 million users wow. sharing their activity that has really proven the, the efficacy of this method. Okay. So um, let's tell you, a little, you guys a little bit about this study. It was done by, it was published in uh, Nature Communications Journal, and it was a study by MIT researchers, and they found that 1.1 million people had fitness trackers, and they were automatically posting their workouts to a social network over a five-year period, and here's what happened. Uh, in terms of distance, on average, an additional kilometer run by friends influenced an, another individual to run an additional 0.3 kilometers the same day. Wow. So, in you know, they were looking at people who were in each other's networks and the effects it had when one person yeah. would run that amount. Um, in terms of speed, an additional kilometer per minute run by friends pushes a person to run an additional 0.3 kilometers per minute faster than usual. And in terms of calories, if a friend burns an extra 10 calories, that person will end up burning 3.5 more calories that day. Wow. And so... Uh, Really, it was showing that there there is really this social effect. Uh, another interesting thing, uh, something interesting published was said, um, comparisons to those ahead of us may motivate our own self-improvement, while comparisons to those behind us may create competitive behavior to protect one's superiority. So they found not only... Sarah. No. So, like, I have a few people who are sharing activities with me, actually the owners of the gym I go to, oh. and I'll see their, their um, updates and it'll be sort of like, oh, maybe I should get to the gym. But if you find, if there are people who you think are about on your level or maybe work out less than you, you actually pay more attention to those people and are more motivated by seeing their workouts, mm -hmm. according to the study. That and makes I feel sense. Like that, yeah. Wait, I'm motivated by your guys' workouts? No, you're not on our level. Donna and I are motivating each other. You're just trying to stay superior. <laughs> <laughs> now I have to try. Oh, interesting. <laughs> so from, from what I just said, does any of that ring true to you guys? I... I don't think, I mean, I don't actually spend a lot of time comparing, like, sure. how much <laughs> you guys have burned versus how much I've burned. But when I get a notification that you've, like, closed your activity rings or completed a workout, I'm like, ooh, I'm going to make sure I track my next workout, which is going to be today, you know? So it, it, like, it does inspire me. So how long has it been we've been sharing our activities? Well, you guys got we've been sharing yeah. it. We Donna and I it started by accident because <laughs> we did a tip on how to share your activity uh, a long time ago, but then Donna wasn't wearing her Apple Watch very much. And so we forgot that we were sharing activity and then one day Also I, our locations, by the way. Yeah. yeah which we're still sharing in case yeah. anybody won't, and we want to stalk each other. Yep. But uh, so then one day one of us actually tracked a workout because neither of us were tracking our workouts either and one of us tracked a workout 
And the other person was like, yay. And then we realized. <laughs> yeah, we could I think that it. was me. And you were like, creepy. Why is Dominic saying like, or like incredible? Like I said, you yeah. text message. You get the option. Like they send you a notification. Then you get the option to, you can send like competitive things like you're going down. But we tend to like the ones that are like, you're so amazing. Like I wish I were you. Like mm-hmm. a boss. <laughs> so. Um, I, I like that part. I think I, I just started sharing with you guys a few weeks ago. Uh, and th- what you read, it related to me in a couple ways. Number one, part of, I, I did it, I started sharing my activity tracking with you guys because a little bit reluctantly <laughs> because I didn't think I was going to like that feeling of like you're saying with like your friends who own the gym. I didn't like, I didn't want that feeling of feeling extra pressure to go exercise because I right. already feel a lot of internal pressure to exercise and mm-hmm. I don't always have the time. Um, so what I liked about how we're doing it is basically we're just using it as an excuse to congratulate each other every time we work out. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think who you share with is really important. I think sharing with somebody who's on a similar level as you is nice. I think if they're, you know, if you're super, super into working out and you're sharing with your friend who isn't, like, they're not going to be very motivating to you necessarily. And if you're not, if you kind of work out an average amount or not that much and you're sharing with somebody who's like owns a gym it's not going to relate to you as much. Right. Well, and yeah. also who has the same approach? Because if you guys were like competing with me, I think yeah. I would stop Be enjoying winning. it. <laughs> well, right now I go, I go either go like too hard or not at all. So don't worry. You'll be winning soon. Yeah. But, but you know, like if you guys were like seriously competing with me instead of just congratulating me, like I don't think I would enjoy that. So you have to find someone, but other people are really motivated by that. Yeah. So yeah. you have to find someone who has the same kind of motivation. Yeah, I think for us, it's really fun just to not be competing and to congratulate each other. Right. I Yeah, I also don't like, like if people were making little comments to me like, oh, I see you haven't been doing much lately yeah. or something. And that hasn't been my experience. That I was most concerned with the owners of the gym. because, But it's like they're seeing when I'm going anyway. So yeah. it's not really a concern. They're already was, judging you. <laughs> they're already <laughs> judging me. So, you know. But really, I've been surprised at how uh, fun I think it's been. It also like makes you feel a little more connected to people. Like I could see this being fun if you shared your activity with someone who lives in a different state than you, who's a friend. Like suddenly you're like getting little updates about when they're doing their workouts and might want to respond to them. Um, mm-hmm. And I actually really like Apple's canned responses because I don't think I'd want to type out something to you guys when I see you well, worked out. Especially because it's. Can just- it's directly from your watch. Like it doesn't, the notification doesn't go to your phone. Yeah. But you know, you can do, I guess not typing, but you could, all the ways that you can respond on your Apple watch are not that convenient. Right. Unless you're just tapping something. So just but, to go over the logistics a little bit, what yeah. happens is when somebody, first of all, to share your activity within, if you have an Apple watch, can you do it with through just your phone or do you yes. have to have an Apple watch? Okay. No, you can do it. So it's through the activity app on your iPhone. So okay. it doesn't require an Apple watch. But you're only, you can't log workouts, um, so you're only going to be seeing someone else when they've closed their rings through, like, carrying their iPhone around when they're walking or taking it on a run. Or if they have some kind of other, like, activity apps, right? Yeah. Okay, so, so, like, let's say if I use, like, RunKeeper, it can be integrated in or something like that? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, if it's, like, tracking in your health app, right? Okay. Like, the activity, yeah, the activity My big complaint about this is it's really, like, not intuitive, like... I've noticed if I close my rings late at night, you guys don't get a notification. I don't get notifications about you guys late at night, which is great. 
Uh, you I know, actually like, do really. I'm just really? not wearing my watch to bed, oh. so I get it the next morning. But a lot of times, what's happened is I've just already been already taken off my watch. I also sometimes okay. take it off like a few hours before I go to bed when I'm at home. Do you guys not get the notifications on your phone? I feel like I do get the notifications. Really, on my I don't. Phone. I haven't noticed getting them. I think I do. But, Maybe um, I don't. No, you're right. I think I don't. Yeah. But so, see, that's the, that's my complaint. Like it, there, yeah. I have not yet been able to find a place to say these are the notifications I want to receive or have them receive and these are the times okay. and you know I, I have I looked through the health app I looked through the activity app and I couldn't figure it out if you know you can help this editor <laughs> out like <laughs> ask an insider do you know <laughs> let us know um, because I have not been able to you can customize what each person whether they'll right. get notifications mm-hmm. about you or not or you can mute it for a day but I feel like it needs to be a lot more clear how it works and a lot more customizable. Mm-hmm. So if any of you guys have Apple Watches or you'd just like to share your activity that you're tracking another way, you go into the activity app on your iPhone, hit the sharing tab, and there if you hit the plus in the upper right corner, you can invite people to share activity with. And this is also where you'll see a list of all the people you're sharing activity with and you'll see an update of the day of how much uh, of how far along they are in hitting their goals. And if you tap a name, this is what Sarah was talking about, you can choose to mute notifications from that person if like you're a little tired of hearing about their updates. You can hide your activity from them too. Uh-huh. So if let's say like I don't want to remove David as a friend, but I kind of don't want him to see what I'm doing anymore, I can just say hide my activity. Uh-huh. You know, and I'm I'm reserving this as an option in case David gets a little, you know, starts judging me yeah. for not working out. <laughs> and then you can also remove a friend here. So that you can do, but you can't go in and just customize overall. Like I just like to receive notifications once a day or once a week mm-hmm. about, you know, about this sort of thing. Yeah. And actually I have another complaint about the activities app in general, which is, you know, you get a weekly summary every like Monday and that's really interesting to see like the total number of calories and steps and the average per day. But I have yet to find a place where I can access that information later. Like I can read it on my watch and then it's gone forever. I know. Yeah, I don't like that either. Like you can go into your activity app and see all of your uh, your months that you've been recording in terms of how many rings right. you've closed well, and stuff. But you don't get a nice They summary. do have the activity stuff in the health app as well. And I went in there and you can look at your whole week, but it doesn't have those numbers of like this, this is hmm. like the overall total. You can just hmm. sort of see day to day. Hmm. in that week or month or year, which it can be interesting to see your cycles, um, but yeah. So for those of you who don't have an Apple Watch, when we're saying close our rings, the system that Apple Watch uses for tracking your activities are basically you have three different rings. One measures how often, whether you stand up within an hour. The idea with that is that if you go too long without standing up, it can be really bad for you. So even just standing up, walking around the room once an hour is really important for your overall health. So one of the loops is that. The second loop is uh, exercise, and they, they basically have a goal by default of exercising 30 minutes per day. And the mm-hmm. third goal is overall, it's like active calories burned. Is that mm-hmm. it? And this is the only customizable one. Yeah. Exercise, it's set at 30 minutes. Your stand goal, you have to stand mm-hmm. every hour to get that. So it's active calories burned. And so the types of notifications you tend to get from people are when A, you 
quote unquote close your loop if you hit you know if you exercise for 30 minutes or you hit your active calories burned goal that day you get a notification also you, i notice you get a notification if you finish if you complete a workout even if you didn't hit any of your goals so i went for yeah. a run yesterday and i didn't have much time so i ran for 20 minutes instead of 30 minutes and it still did a notification to sarah and Donna, did you get it? We've, we've no. been having trouble. So this is something I, I looked up because David and I shared our activity. It's showing me I can go and check on his progress, but I'm not getting notifications. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm so... not hiding it from her. I'm on record. <laughs> okay. So we unpaired. That'd be funny if that yeah. was a problem. Uh, we unpaired our Apple Watches and repaired them. And this just happened earlier this morning. And... Uh, so we'll have to get back to you guys yeah. on if that worked or not yeah. because that's supposed to be and also updating your Apple Watch yeah, software. Yeah, I wasn't getting David's notifications until until I realized I hadn't updated my Apple Watch uh, the last time. Okay. So those so are two like basic it. things yeah. that you can try out. Uh, oh, interesting fact: you can share your activity with twenty five people. That only twenty five. Because wow. I was looking this up because I also thought maybe I'd hit my maximum because I I'm sharing with like eight people or something at this point. Wow. wow. So. <laughs> you have so many friends who exercise. You have Apple Watches. <laughs> yeah. Um, the last point too, just for people who don't have an, uh, an Apple Watch that we've been referring to, is when somebody does something good like completing a workout you get a notification and it gives you a little icon that would say donna finished a workout and then there's a reply button on your apple watch when you hit that it has default responses that they bring up just for this situation so they're kind of often fun snarky responses for somebody just complete the workout and to me I when I heard them announce it at the at the conference, I thought that was just the dumbest thing. I know we all made fun of I it. I know, and now we're having so much fun with it. It's something. It's so funny to just be able to like tap a button and have it be in. And the thing is, we all know that they're like the canned responses, so nobody's like judging each other for being so like dad jokey. I know. <laughs> yeah, I'm just starting a workout right now. I'm gonna see if I yeah, like. You don't. You're not working out. If I <laughs> this does not count. Well, I have do not disturb on, so I won't get it during the podcast. But I want to say, even oh, if you man, don't have an Apple Watch, save it. it's too smart for me. <laughs> <laughs> even if you don't have an Apple Watch, like a lot of different apps have social networks. And mm-hmm. even if you just have a friend who also is like has some fitness goal and you guys, sometimes I take screenshots of my workouts and send them to people who don't have Apple Watches mm-hmm. and they like send me theirs and we're like, yay, good job. So, you know, just creating that community through the sharing is effective. I mean, this study we're talking about was not necessarily to do with Apple Watches at all. It's just all the different social ways you can share your activity and inspire and be inspired to get mm-hmm. more fit. Yeah, Fitbit apparently has a good community. Oh, great. Um, I did check it out at one point, but I haven't used it long enough to really say. But I know that uh, Janet, who used to work here, mm-hmm. you loved Fitbit mm-hmm. for that. I, uh, Sarah and I are also friends on another exercise community. Sarah has decided that we're going to run a 5K in the fall. <laughs> so now... Like, at first, I'm like, wait a second. There's something you guys are doing. No, leaving me you're out running of? a 5K with us, and you need to get on this app. So yeah. Sarah's got me using this app called Couch to 5K. Uh, and basically, it's a nine-week program. Right. And it starts you off with doing very little exercise, and then each week it in- increases it until, in the end, you run a 5K. And so we also are friends through that app as well. Yeah, I have shin splints, so I haven't used it for the last week, but I'll be back. And I started in week four because I thought I was really awesome, and it really was tiring, and now I have to scale it back to week three maybe. (laughs) That's all right. I'm repeating week five after taking a week off. Okay, good. 
I have a question for you guys. This is not directly about activity sharing, but before we wrap this up, um, do you guys work out using an open goal or do you set a specific amount of calories you'd like to meet? Mm. Because uh, that's an option when you're tracking a workout. You can either just set an open goal, burn what you burn, or be like, you know, tell me when I'm getting close to reaching 350 calories Well, burned. I don't track my calories. Um, I find that really actually unhealthy for me. I get a little too focused on what I'm eating and things like that. Um, yeah. And also, I'm generally tracking the workout along with, say, using the Couch to 5K app or when I'm at the gym and I'm completing a certain workout program with my trainer. And so there's not really, like, that's not really the goal. Mm-hmm. So so no. Right. Yeah, right. that makes Open. a lot of sense. I tend to do a little bit of both. Um, in general... I'll, I'll do open, but if I'm doing something where I know it's a set period of time, like say I go to an hour yoga class, I'll often set it to an hour because then I can kind of just glance at my watch and see how close I am to being done. Uh, and same thing if I'm going for a run, I usually run the same route and I know how long I'm going to run for, so I'll kind of mm. set it to just that. And it, it doesn't really help anything, but it's like I can kind of see how close I am to being done. See, I don't like to know. I might know. try that, the time-based one, because... I, right now I just do an open goal and I, so I'm not really using my Apple watch throughout the workout for anything. Mm. Like I don't really keep an eye on that except for my heart rate. Yeah. I'll glance at my heart rate pretty frequently. But yeah. it might be nice to, to have some use for it during your exercise. Yeah. yeah. I mean, when I'm going, like I've been doing bike rides instead of running, um, because of my shin splints and when I'm riding a bike, I know I want to go about 10 miles. Um, and so you know, I, I use it for that, but I still just do like an open, like outdoor cycling thing. Mm-hmm. Cool. Basically, Sarah's a badass. Within mm-hmm. the past, since we started sharing activities, she's like joined a kickboxing class. <laughs> she's like oh. biking everywhere. You know, here's one interesting thing about that is Running. you can't wear an Apple Watch while you're boxing. Oh, oh. so you're having credit. No, I know. And I was so upset because that was an hour and a half of really yeah. intense cardio and strength training. That I didn't get credit for you guys. Oh, oh but I man. feel like I got like I feel like I got a notification last time you did it. No, the the time before last, yes, oh. because we I wasn't wearing gloves <laughs> oh. and I took it off while while my hands were in wraps. Um, generally, you wrap your hands before you put them in gloves if you haven't boxed before. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> yes, yeah, so not a pro. Um, but yeah, so but this time. I had them on the whole time, so I had to take my watch off. Oh, yeah, that's so sad when you work out and don't and get credit. And I was like, I know I burned like 400 calories yeah. and nobody's going to no, know but it me. It can be demoralized <laughs> when you forget to log a workout. I've had that happen too. Well, and yeah. it's also like even if I weren't logging the workout, like my watch couldn't even be like, you've already closed your activity ring at 1030 in the morning. Good mm-hmm. job. Like no, nothing. No credit. Yeah. Overall, though, I would say my experience is the same as what they're saying in the study where – it surprised me. I didn't expect it, but it's actually, I feel like, has been a motivating factor for me to work mm-hmm. out more. Yeah, definitely. I know. So along with this question, uh, our question for the episode of whether or not you share your activity using some tool like this, I'd also be curious to hear what people's motivations are, if they are motivated more by encouragement or the competition factor. Because mm-hmm. this also, you know, you don't get some sort of notification saying, Donna didn't work out today. Like there are some approaches that are yeah. more like shaming you if you don't and do they, it. Apple does a good job not shaming you so, that yeah. much. Yeah. Right. So, but I'm curious to hear from from you guys if you guys have different things that work for you. So email us at podcasts at iphonelife.com mm-hmm. to let us know. Yep. I think that sums up I our, our episode. Yeah. Unless you guys have anything to add about activity sharing besides that we all 
are awesome. surprisingly into it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks to our sponsors, Tablet. Yes. Yeah. And uh, remember to go to iphonelife.com slash daily tips to get our daily tips newsletter. That's a great way to start you know, hearing from us, seeing if you like our products. iPhone Life Insider is our premium subscription. Go to iphonelife.com slash insider to check that out. And thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Thanks everyone.